Hi, all. Thanks for joining. We're going to start soon. So we're going to be joined today by Ben, CTO of COIL. And for today's session, we're really going to be talking about trafficking and also the future of uh, Interledger. So I'm really excited about it. Uh, Alex is going to be hosting today's session, actually. Welcome, Ben. I'm going to invite you as uh, a speaker. Um, hello, everybody. I'm Alex, your so-called co-host. Um, I've got a few more minutes waiting for me bring Ben up on stage. If I figure out how to... Ben, could you ask to speak? Is my uh, mic set up and everything? Yeah, all good. All good. Great. I think we're still waiting for... We're still waiting for Brianna. Um... In the meantime, let me go see if I can connect the uh, Interledger account to this. But while we wait for everybody else to, um, to join, if you haven't if you haven't looked at Rafiki yet, maybe this is your chance. Um, while we while we wait for Brianna. Oh no, actually Brianna said she can only join the later half of this that's my bad she's in another call i guess we can start um let's start by uh, by doing something simple which we always do and that's introduce yourself uh we'll start with uchi this time uchi who are you what do you do <laughs> uh thanks alex so my name is uchi uh, as most of you know so i always say uchi as in gucci and uh, i help with developer relations at Koi. So helping to helping developers to get on board with uh, the developer tools and also APIs that we work at at Coil. And also I work closely with Alex on the intelligence side of things. And before before Coil I used to do some community work uh, with Africa Hacks. So it's a community of about thirty thousand people in tech in Africa. So we organize hackathons and also innovation challenges. So I'm really excited to be uh, here today to learn about Rafiki and also to answer questions from uh, all of you. Thank you, Uchi. That was really good. That was really good. I couldn't explain what I do so well. Thank you for that. Um, ben, do you want to tell people who you are and what do you do? Yeah, so I'm I'm Ben. I'm the CTO at Coil, and basically, I focus a lot on our sort of R and D projects, usually interledger related stuff. Um, right now, that means uh, pretty much Rafiki. I'm, I'm sort of the lead on on that project, and so that's that's where most of my uh, my my time and efforts going these days. And before um, before I was CTO at Coil, um, before we started Coil. I was working at Ripple on the research team. Thank you for that. Um, let's dive in by, um, I'm going to keep it short. I'm Alex and I'm the technology lead at the Interledger Foundation. Mostly what I do here is try to figure out how Interledger works. And that's why I worked with Uchi and Ben so much. 
And uh, hopefully after I figure out how it works, we can talk about what happens with it next, where it's going in the future. But I think one of the big, one of the big things that keeps popping up and everybody talks about and everybody's excited about is Rafiki. So I've got a very simple question, Ben. What is Rafiki? Yeah. So Rafiki is basically, we've sort of taken the, the functionality that we want um, everybody who has a, an interledger enabled wallet to have. So, you know, the ability to just send money, receive money, uh, directly interface with interledger, all, all these sort of features um, that we want people to be able to use. We've, we've packaged it up into um, one sort of, sort of code base that wallets can use to uh, enable these features for their customers. Okay, so that feels like it. That feels like it brings even more questions. But let's let's yeah. focus on let's focus on what's there. Let's focus on what's there now today. How can I how can I use it today? Yeah. So what we've sort of started with on on Rafiki is solving this issue that we, we have currently on the network where there's a number of wallet providers, but each of these wallet providers kind of needs to implement functionality individually on top of Interledger. So like Uphold has one implementation of how to receive payments. GitHub has one Im implementation of how to receive payments and so on. Um, and so what we've, what we've started with is just basically implementing that functionality, the ability to receive payments over Interledger um, using a, a payment pointer. And so that was sort of the first functionality that we put into Rafiki with the idea being that, you know, now that, now that we have that functionality, wallets can include Rafiki instead of their own custom implementation. And then that way, when we push an update with more features, um, all the wallets can just pull that in without having to um, write any code themselves. And so that should let us um, keep things updated a lot faster. So, in terms of what's what's in Rafiki right now, it's that um, receiving money with a payment pointer and sending money to a payment pointer. Those are sort of the two most basic pieces of functionality that we we built so far. I think that's really exciting. I think that's really exciting. Thanks for that. Um, I'm I'm curious to know how that fits into web monetization, OJ. I know you're a fan of web monetization and you spent quite a, a bit of time on just advocating for it. How does that affect web monetization? Yeah, that's a very good one. So uh, Rafiki would actually enable uh, more features for web monetization, right? Because currently there is uh, the streaming payment side of things where, where, where we, we have a fixed amount of money that is being streamed by a provider like Coil, right? But uh, web monetization with Rafiki would offer additional functionalities. So for example, the ability for a user uh, on a browser to potentially tip a content creator. So let's say I have a website as a developer and uh, I wrote something uh, awesome. And you, Alex, you like my content, right? You have the ability to send the tips uh, to me uh, and that would really unlock additional value for for web monetization and also unlock 
more opportunities for more providers, uh, for more companies to become web monetization providers, right? Because with Rafiki, we, like Ben mentioned, it's really exposing all of the uh, features of Interledger via APIs, right? And when that happens, it will be easier for additional companies or anyone at all to build uh, a web monetization provider, which I think is, is really huge and which uh, kind of ties to or really complements or enhances the uh, openness of the web monetization ecosystem and also adds uh, more use cases for, for Interledger. I think that's I think that's that's really good. Thank you for that, Tucci. By the way, if people in the audience have questions, feel free to, to request to speak, raise your hands, whatever, and I'll bring you up the stage so you can you can ask Uchi and Ben your questions. I'm sure you have better questions than me. So feel free to to to, to signal your interest. Alex, I actually have a question because I see lots of people here that are involved with the uh, SLP ledger. So like Ben, I'm curious, how does uh how do you see uh, Rafiki working with uh, the SRP ledger? Yeah, that's a great question. So the inner or the uh, the relationship between you know Rafiki and, and XRP ledger is similar to just how um, inner ledger relates to XRP ledger, which is XRP ledger is basically one of the ways that you can settle inner ledger traffic. So if two providers on the inner ledger network are exchanging a lot of payments um, at the inner ledger layer, they can then use XRP ledger to basically settle up that payment. So between two wallets, XRP ledger would be a very desirable way to settle their traffic because the transaction fees are going to be low, the transaction time is going to be low, and so that means they don't need to wait very long between um, settling. Whereas if you have if you have a more expensive um, settlement method, like let's say, you know, every time money goes from, you know, wallet A to wallet B, eventually that gets settled over a bank wire, you know, that's going to incur more costs, more time, and it means they're not going to be able to settle as frequently. Um, and that just includes higher risks of, you know, things getting out of sync between their sides, like the need to, um, the need to possibly reconcile or just the risk that your counterparty will will refuse to pay if you have more um, more money that's sort of in flight in that way. That actually uh, brings up another question for me because it feels like there's this you've talked about a few ways of settling. How does how does settlement work and what are what are my options? Like what if I don't have an XRP ledger, right? What if I'm mm -hmm. not into crypto or my wallet isn't into crypto? I didn't just deal with fiat. How does, what, what are my options for setting? Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's something that I, I think what I, so what I just talked about is, is sort of in the wallet to wallet side where, you know, you have these large wallets operating as businesses, sending large settlements to one another for the aggregate of all their traffic. Um, and they're, they're, they're very incentivized to use, you know, the sort of fastest, cheapest currency that they can um, or the fastest, cheapest uh, payment rails. Whereas when we're talking about users, there's a lot more um, considerations there. So like the, the content creator who, you know, runs a blog and is receiving money through web monetization 
or receiving uh, tips over Interledger, you know, a merchant who's selling goods, for them, the volatility of crypto might not be acceptable. Um, or it might be, but the point is we want to give them that choice. And so in that situation, you know, we want wallets to be able to let their users pick whatever currency they choose. So like if you use Uphold right now and receive through web monetization, you've got like the whole, um, the whole suite of, you know, Uphold supported currencies. Like you've got everything from, you know, you can receive in dollars, you can receive in XRP, Bitcoin, you could receive in gold. Um, so that's something that with Rafiki is still really important. Like we want to, we want to keep that, that ability for, for users to receive in the currency of their choice, because that's kind of one of the key benefits of Interledger. So to that end, um, you know, from the very start, we're, we're including multi-currency support into Rafiki and, and support for a wallet to add however many currencies they want for their users. I think that's actually that's actually great. Um, that's actually great, and because web monetization right now is all about that multi currency support, it kind of makes me happy that the tools that we we build are with the same vision in mind. Talking about that, um, actually, I see Ad, um, Adam is on stage and he had a question. Adam, if you want to ask your question, that would be a good time. Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. Um, ben, I was uh, I'm uh, working on a platform that uh, has a lot of creators on it, and those creators have put in their payment pointers. Um, and I was wondering if, if Rafiki might have the ability to send tips to a lot of creators easily, like in a in a short amount of time. Is that something that might be possible either now or in the future? Yeah, definitely. So that's that's the functionality that's. Um that's in Rafiki right now. Um, and it is, it's sort of, it's in the code base, but what we're working on now is getting that code base deployed by some wallets on the network so that users of those wallets will be able to use the code. So what we have right now is just kind of the, um, you know, we, we have the service that wallets can deploy, but uh, a wallet needs to run that before it's accessible to, to customers. But that said, um, this is something that we've, we've kind of explored with, um, with some other people on, on the network right now. Like if you've heard about our work with um, Flossbank, which is a, a company that supports open source projects um, on, on GitHub, that has a really similar use case. And we were working with them to kind of prove that out um, initially. So for them, we basically, um, we allowed them to connect to the, the Interledger live net by, by peering them. Um, and that, that lets them send payments over, over Interledger to all the payment pointers of different open source projects. Um, but what we're going to do with Rafiki is, is open that up so that anybody with an Interledger wallet, basically anybody with a payment pointer would also be able to do that. So you don't need to, you wouldn't need to set up any uh, ILP infrastructure just to, um, send payments to the, the payment pointers that you want to tip. That's amazing. Thank you, Ben. That's uh, really exciting for my platform. Talking about exciting things, um, what's what's happening with Rafiki next? Like, what are you what are you currently working on in the next, let's say, three to six months? What should we expect to see? 
both with the tech and both with the places where you'd want to probably deploy it in the current network. Yeah, so in terms of uh, where it's going to be deployed, I think I can't really speak for our partners in terms of what, you know, what exact time frame is going to work for them, but it's something we're already starting on because the code is 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 ready and now it's just kind of, you know, for for all of our interledger enabled wallets um, trying to to find the bandwidth to to get that ready on on their systems in terms of what features are coming next um, we've kind of talked about the stuff that that's probably been you know been done and, and seen before on interledger like sending and receiving payments is is pretty uh pretty normal, normal stuff. Like, I think it's exciting to have that in the hands of, of so many more people. But what we're working on next is, is features that just haven't been done on, on live interlectures so far. And, and the focus for that is um, third-party sending and, and specifically being able to initiate a payment from the web. So being able to click a button, you know, on a, on a website for, for some kind of merchant or a, a creator and have that direct you to your wallet where you can see the details of a payment that's going to be sent and then, you know, confirm that and give that creator or merchant an authorization to, to send money um, and basically imitate the sort of flow that you'd be able to do with, you know, with the credit cards, with a, with a Stripe and sort of open up that whole, um, that whole area of functionality that's sort of not been available um, on Interledger so far. Uh, I feel as soon as we talked about open payments, Brianna got involved. So Brianna, say hi to folks. Uh, introduce yourself. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Brianna Marbury and the executive director of uh, the Interledger Foundation. Excited to hear more and learn more about Rafiki just as all you are. Thanks. Um, as as somebody who who's um, who's not technical, right? Uh, what do you what do you feel Rafiki enables, or why why do you look forward to, to Rafiki, Brianna? Um, I I don't know what was talked about already, but I'm really looking forward to the remittances. Um, functionality that Rafiki will bring to the table. Uh, it, right now, there's just so much, um, so much that we pay in fees sending to other countries. Um, for instance, last year, the United States paid $16 billion in remittance fees, just sending money. A lot of that is people sending money home to their families. And I believe with Rafiki and the remittance function that it has, it will lower those fees greatly and the time that it will take for family members to receive their payments or just people, anybody who you're trying to send money to overseas. So that's something that I'm really, really looking forward to. And I, I can't wait to see when this is implemented, start testing it out. Yeah, that man, no pressure. Absolutely no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Can I follow up with, with a question? Yeah. So uh, when Ben was speaking, and also uh, Brianna, I was. It looks like we need like more partners to get on board, 
to start using Rafiki. So I'm curious, uh, Brianna and also Ben, uh, what's required for someone to run Rafiki at the moment? So what, how can someone, a developer or a company, uh, run Rafiki? What do they need? That's totally a question for Ben. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, basically, Rafiki includes all the sort of functionality that that you need to, you know, send, receive money over Interledger. Basically, all the, the Interledger parts are provided by Rafiki. But Rafiki also doesn't provide a lot of things intentionally. Like, Rafiki won't onboard users for you. Rafiki won't KYC users for you. Um, or, or, you know, verify people. And, and that's, that's intentional because it's the sort of thing that's going to be different um, for every, every wallet provider, every region. Um, and, and Rafiki is more about targeting the, the common functionality that, that everybody's going to want to have. And so um, a wallet that wants to run Rafiki kind of needs to have these other pieces in place. They need to be, um, you know, a, a licensed entity to whatever extent is, is required in the place that they're operating. They, operating. They need to be, um, you know, able to have a flow for a user to sign up. And then what they can do is they can connect that user um, to the Rafiki system and, and grant them access to, to Interledger. So it's basically something that, you know, right now is, is a product for, for wallets who are, who are up and operating and want to add support for Interledger. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. I think that's super helpful. Right. So for the startups that already have users in their wallets, from what Ben said, it's possible to enable Rafiki today for your users. And I think it's very exciting when that happens, right? Because you'll be able to like uh, make your wallets uh, intelligent enabled, which would reduce fees and also make it easier to send uh, transfers to other users that have an intelligent enabled wallet. Yeah. And I want to also clarify a little bit the difference between being able to use Rafiki and run Rafiki. Like anybody who, to, to run Rafiki, you know, I'm, I'm talking about like wallet providers mostly who would actually deploy that code. Um, but for somebody to use Rafiki, use the APIs that Rafiki exposes, you only need to be a, a user of a wallet that has Rafiki. Um, so, you know, for, if you have an account on a wallet that's running Rafiki, you don't need to run Rafiki or, or anything. You can just talk to those APIs directly, um, and, and make use of them. So I hope that, um, I, I hope that makes that a little less uh, confusing to understand. I actually have like a follow-up question. So are you, does that mean that let's say I, I have, uh, I'm connected to a wallet provider that already runs Rafiki and I want to use my wallet, right? My individual, my personal wallet to build uh, like a solution that interacts with Rafiki. Would that be possible? Would I be able mm -hmm. to like uh, initiate maybe transfers and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So you'd, you'd basically acquire some kind of um, API key or authorization to your account on the Rafiki-enabled wallet. And then in your code, all you need to do is present that authorization and call an endpoint on your wallet. So, so for you, it's just like, just like calling any API. It's just like calling the, 
Twilio API or, or GitHub API or, or whatever. It just happens to be the um, Rafiki API and you use it to send money. Awesome. That's super helpful. Thanks, Ben. Um, thank you for those questions. Adam, I think, has another question for you. Adam, go ahead. I do. Uh, I was just wondering if there was a place that listed uh, which wallets are currently using Rafiki or intend to use Rafiki in the future. Yeah, so right now, um, in terms of wallets that currently use Rafiki, we don't, um, we haven't had any run it in production because it's sort of, you know, it, it's, it's very, very new. And so that's something that's currently being worked on. In terms of wallets that you'd expect to um, see Rafiki running on in the not too distant future, I would just say anywhere that, that offers a payment pointer right now, like anywhere that you can use as your, your wallet to receive web monetization, um, we'll be working with that sort of group of wallets to try and um, migrate over to Rafiki from their current infrastructure systems. Um, for people who are not really familiar with the current wallets uh, that Uphold and, and GitHub, those are the, the two big ones. So you'd expect those to, to, to switch over to Rafiki. I feel like I feel like we talked about Rafiki for quite a, a bit of time. And if anybody in the audience can the joint late or has some other question for us, feel free to, to request to speak and we'll bring you up on stage for that. Otherwise, we'll keep talking about Rafiki because as you've seen, we're really excited about some of the possibilities that it enables. Um, I feel like I'd, I'd like to ask Brianna if, if you could choose something that Rafiki would do for, for us, for Intelligent, for the ecosystem after this, right? Ben has a, an agenda, but Ben figured out with everybody in the community kind of where we're going in the next three months, six months, right? If you had one thing that you want out of Rafiki for 2022, what do you think that that would be for Interledger? Um, I, I suppose that would be that in addition, we would add additional wallets that would be Interledger enabled that would run Rafiki. Um, so we have the two right now upholding GitHub, and it would be great if we had even another wallet that would, um, that could run Rafiki and just open up the ecosystem even more. Preferably in a place that is not covered right now. I know uphold covers some countries, but they are restricted in others. GitHub is mostly European based. So if we had a wallet, say, that was based in some countries in Africa that ran there, that would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that would be super exciting, especially because like, just the, the more wallets that we're adding, the more combinations of, of people are able to, you know, to interact with each other using, using Interlecture. And I think it's, it's something that hasn't you know, isn't, isn't seen typically that, that you'd be able to write an application that can be used, you know, by somebody in a, in a region that's normally underserved by, by existing payment rails, have them use the exact same application as somebody, you know, in the United States or, or in Europe. I'm, I'm really glad you brought up payment rails, right? Because Coming from a traditional payment rails background, it does feel like when everybody talks about payment rails, I kind of cringe a little because it's, it kind of works like the internet works right now, right? If you hit the dial-up network in between, 
we're gonna have a bit a bit of an issue. I was I was curious how how the whole ecosystem could work together, or what do you think the whole ecosystem could work together to kind of bridge the gap from existing payment rails to Interledger? It's an open question for everybody on the stage, by the way. Uh, Alex, can you uh, ask the question again? Do you mind asking the question again, please? I, I didn't get it. Right, so the existing payment rails right now um, are kind of, that are that are thing that doesn't really work well together or interoperates with each other. You kind of have to, to get from one system to the other, there's a lot of, of pain, right? And I was wondering how you think Interledger could work together to interoperate with that, to kind of make sure we, Brianna, uh, I think, has opinions about it. Uh, but how can we, we make sure we work together with the existing payment rails to kind of make them intelligent enabled? Yeah, that's a good one. So uh, I'll just piggyback up from what Ben said earlier uh, about uh, Rafiki not requiring uh, the settlement system to be crypto, right? So I think there's an opportunity for at the existing rails to offer additional settlement mechanisms uh, via Rafiki. So that could be run in parallel with, it, with, with what they already have. And they will transition uh, from the rails that they have to Interledger potentially. So that would be determined potentially by speed and also cost. If you are saving lots of money by using Rafiki, and using Interledger, then they will not want to use a rail that is more expensive. So I, I think that, yeah, and that's kind of the value that Rafiki, uh, Interledger of, offers, right? Uh, not needing people to be like crypto settlement mechanisms. I think that was a really good, really good, really good one. I, I wonder if Ben has any, any other opinions um, before we, we end the space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree that I think the the fact that that Interledger is so unopinionated in terms of what systems it can interoperate is something that was really, really important to us designing it, and I think is still a really huge advantage of it. Because when we when we initially were working on Interledger, the requirements to be supported by Interledger were like, you know, your system needs to support uh, escrow payments. It needs to support um, you know, crypto conditions. And the, you, these are things that maybe people who have been in the community longer might re recognize. And I think a lot of people also just won't, won't recognize these because we've, we've since phased them out of what's required to be enabled on Interledger. And now the, the requirement for a system to be integrated with Interledger isn't all of these complicated uh, pieces of functionality. It's just your system needs to be able to send a payment between two parties. Um, and that's a, a something that's satisfied, not just by crypto systems, but by, you know, bank wires. It, it's, it's supported by handing cash from one person to another person. Like all of these are, are things that can underpin the interledger network. And so I think, you know, if we talk about actually, you know, connecting, um, connecting sort of all the, all the disparate systems in the world, I think that, finding the, the absolute minimum piece of, of common functionality required for that 
uh, is just sort of the most important thing to make that possible. Thank you for that. That was really, that was really thoughtful. Thank you. I feel like we've uh, outstayed the welcome here. If there's no more questions from the audience, we can we can kind of close here. And uh, thank you, Uchi, for, for putting this together every week and fi figuring out uh, speakers and stuff like that. We're going to have one next week, probably, hopefully. Um, so keep yeah. tuning in. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And uh, thank you, Uchi and Ben, for, for participating. Brianna had to run into her next her next thing. Uh, thank you, everybody, for participating. I think it was good. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. everybody.